This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, it does it automatically. Yes, a great start. You're listening to the Tahoeing Back podcast, starring me, your host, Nathaniel Witto, Will, Ant, and debutante Corbin. And as always, we're proudly sponsored by Old Zoological Bar, uh, and we're part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Apologies for the very unprofessional opening there, but it was a a very professional two games over a cracking Easter period, a four-all draw on Friday, and then on Monday uh, day, Monday day, good, good Monday. It was a delightful good Monday for City because we won 1-0. So, um, Corbin, I'll go to you first because this okay. is your first time on the show. Um, generally, uh, well, how have you thought City have been playing recently under the senior and uh, your thoughts generally on the very successful Easter period for Hull? If I'm being honest, I, I couldn't be happier. I think we played uh, really well, played to our strengths, um, barring that Sunderland game where we did look a bit dodgy going in on defence. Um, first two goals, very dodgy to concede. Um, but overall, I'm very happy with how Rosinia's got us playing. I'm looking forward to next season. Give him a pre-season and a summer transfer window. Let's see where we can go. Uh, so, sorry, I've got people um, uh, with a vacuum cleaner outside, so I'm going to have to mute myself. Um, well, so, Will, would you... I know we're live. It's not going very well, though. Um, Well, generally, what are your thoughts? Because, I mean, I'm going to get into it in a bit more detail soon, but I'm not really sure whether City deserved to win either game because I think we considered a lot of chances. But, well, generally, Sunderland game will begin their full draw. What were your thoughts on that game? Firstly, 
Stop being negative. Secondly, um, I don't know what to say because it was a four-all draw. Yeah, I mean, it's very surprising. Neither side side really knew how to properly defend. Um, The referee doesn't know what a dive is. Um, And it would have been been wrong if we didn't get some up from that game, quite frankly. Hmm. I think either team would have been quite disappointed that they didn't win. Rossini was saying in the press conference earlier today that perhaps we could have won because we controlled the game. And I think the first 15 minutes was maybe some of the best football we've played recently because we not only did we control the game early on but we actually had a few chances so um and were you disappointed City didn't get the win or were you relieved that they at least got a draw which we had to salvage in the 98th minute I'm just glad that we got some real entertainment for the first time in weeks Mm. um it was a cracking game I think both both sets of fans will say the same thing where you know I think maybe maybe on the basis of the, the quality of the chances that were in the game Sunderland maybe edged it a little bit, but we, we just kept coming back. Well, they kept coming back, then we kept coming back. It was a mad game, wasn't it? Because we went 1 0, then it was 2 1, then 3 2, then it was just crazy. But it, it, I think Rosini is now seeing that if we're going to score lots of goals, we've got to be more open at the back. Um, so, you know, these 0 0s, 1 0s, 1 1s, you know, we're all sat here complaining, saying, you know, where's where's the entertainment? Where's that X factor kind of thing? And then he's gone right. Okay, take the, take, take the shackles off at Sunderland. We score four, but we've conceded four too. So it's it's about finding that balance, isn't it? It's about how we can combine that kind of threat going forwards, but also staying solid at the back and obviously not leaking that many goals. But like we say, at this point of the season where we haven't re- realistically got anything to play for, I'd take a four 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 five four in every game. So you know, it's 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 one of those where. I think a few of our goals were very good. I think the Slater one for his persistence, um, I was happy for him to get that as well because he's, he's he's come under a, a bit of flack lately. Uh, you know, he didn't give up on it. Mistake from, obviously, Hume Sunderland's defender and he's, he stole it from the byline and smashed it in the top corner. But, you know, it, it's just like how fluid the team was. Considering we don't have a striker as well, we want no real focal point up front. We tended to sort of... Our midfielders or slash false nines would run from deep, and it and it gave our midfielders chance to actually get the ball into dangerous areas and try and get it into the box. And I think one of the things I picked up on that was really good was Seri. About you know the the only criticism you could have of him is that he doesn't do enough sort of in the progressive sense in his passing, but that didn't really his role. But this game, I noticed he was going forwards a lot more. He was carrying the ball into you know the opposition half, which he doesn't t- he hadn't tended to do under us. Um, and, and he got forwards, especially for the first goal, where he really pushed into the half and, and it gave Slater the chance to then walk forwards instead of having to come deep to receive it. That's the difference is when we're trying to create chances, what we wasn't doing. Slater and, 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 and two fans, for example, would have to come deep and collect it, whereas if Seri pa- progresses with it, it allows them to run into the box and create those chances. So hopefully now we've seen a bit of um, what he can work on in terms of an offensive side, uh, side of things and it's a shame that we obviously we don't have Oscar at the minute because I think if you swap obviously maybe a Pelcast out of that team for an Oscar and keep the same system, I think we'd be very lethal going forward. But no, it was, it was a very entertaining game, and then obviously we carried it into Millwall too. Mm-hmm. 
Corbin, would you agree that um, the way forward um, is to be a little bit more open? Because I think a lot of people, including us last week, were very frustrated with the performances we've been seeing against teams like Rotherham. So had you been frustrated by the system and sort of the way we were playing? Corbin? There's been there's been some games where I have been frustrated about the way we play. But then when we work and when it clicks together, it works. Like the team all know what they're doing. They all have roles. They all mm. work well together. It's like cogs in one big wheel. And when it, when it works, we look unstoppable. Like on some of the attacks we've made um, at Sunderland, we look like a, we look like a Prem team at times. I thought um, like that that first goal, um, it was it was great. Um, but, but yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I Sorry. Think the, the, the first goal. Um, yeah, but it, it was the first goal came from what Ant was talking about, where Seri took the ball yeah. forward into midfield, and then it was a, a lovely ball to Slater and again to Tufan. It was just so shocking that it was a game that open, considering the way we've been playing under the seniors to sort of make it as well. It, if you can have open games as close as possible. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, Sunderland had a striker who only scored one goal or two now after the game, and we didn't have a recognised striker. So, I mean, uh, it was a bit confusing that we had, well, and it wasn't just a one period of the game. Um, I know there was, was it three goals in three minutes, but then there were four goals in the second half as well. So the whole game was probably against what Rossini has been uh, managing the the players to do, so um, uh, I mean, which, which goal was the best? Because they're all pretty good. I like the first one. I mean, Aliar's kind of almost a volley in off the bar, and then um, you know, even to score a penalty in the last minutes takes a lot of guts. So um, well for you out of the four mm. goals, uh, and, and maybe let's include Traore's wonder goal against uh, Millwall as well, which has been the best goal we've scored over the Easter period. I think it's unfair to include that because it's from a different game and because it, it's by far the best goal of the lot. Um, yeah, okay. Against, so the second the best Sunderland goal then. Game, the ones in the Sunderland game, I think it's the first one because it was the perfect example of Rossinia and what he wants to do football-wise. He wants us mm-hmm. to play passing football through the team and we tore through Sunderland with that first goal. And it's just a shame that a few minutes later when Slater hit it straight at Patterson, it went all the way up the other end and they scored twice in a minute. Because yeah. if we'd gone 2 0 up, it would have been a diff- completely different game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might have won 5 4. But I mean, yeah, it, it, it was a big, big sort of 10, 20, 30 seconds where, I mean, Slater, I don't know whether he could have scored, but um, or should have done. Uh, Ant, for you, is it the first goal? Or was it maybe. Um, yeah, I think the first Slater's... goal, aesthetically. I think obviously the, 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 the way we built out from the back um, and then two fans finish as well, you know, instead of putting it straight at the goalkeeper, which he, 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 we, we've given some flack for doing quite regularly. Uh, it was it was a cracking finish into the top corner. I mean, Ali Ars was also a very, very difficult goal. It looks easy on paper because the keeper's obviously not in goal, really, but um, on the bounce, side foot, in off the bar, lovely finish. It was a tough one. Any, and then, like, any say, goal. Two fans Any goal that goes in off the bar is scientifically fat better. Yeah, cracking goal. Always. I have, I have to. I have to disagree. I, to be fair, when I saw the Alia, I thought it was going wasn't going in at first. Um, 
it was it was a decent it was a decent goal, but I think two fans' goal was but was marginally better due to the circumstances it was in. It misses and the game's gone for us as final kick of the game. If he scores, he's, he's a hero, and uh, we go back up a point. Uh, so for me, it has to be uh, two fans' penalty kick to be the best goal of the weekend. Yeah, nice unconventional shout there. We like we like those on this podcast. Can we point out the fact as well that two fans on seven goals. As a mm. midfielder, and I don't think yeah. he's actually started that many games lately. And recently, no, no, and under Shotter, he mm. went bad patch of form where people were questioning whether or not he was even good enough for this league, us included, I think, at one point. And look at him, you know, what I mean, if if, if we have a fully fit two fan, I think after a pre season next season, he could be a very important player who could be, I mean, even this season, he could get 10 if, he, if his form continues in the next few games. So, you know, the last mm-hmm. midfielder, I think, that scored 10 for us, Corrin. Diame, maybe. Uh, someone Probably like that. Diame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's had a pretty good season when you consider that. And looking at, he's had uh, 23 starts. I think Longman's had, you know, just a few less than that. So if you compare it to that, he's not really had that many starts. So to get seven goals, which is the highest in his career um, ever, he's never had seven league goals in a season before. Uh, I mean, I think I remember, um, well, looking at his stats, um, we were hoping he could get that. And with a few games to go, he could beat that record. And I mean, that's vital considering that most of the season um, we've relied on Oscar for goals, whereas Slater and um, Tufan, they've actually scored a fair few in the, the last few weeks. I mean, Slater's got a few against um, well, Reading and Sunderland. So that's, that's helpful. Um, Will, you mentioned about the about the potential Sunderland, uh, you're saying it's a dive penalty they got. Um, I think it was quite dodgy. I can see why the ref gave it, but it's a very soft one. Well, very, very soft. And I think when you look at after the game, most of the pundits agreed that it was a soft penalty and former refs were agreeing it was a soft penalty. Mm. Yeah. Corbin, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I didn't see much in it when I was watching it. I thought he'd dive. Um, I thought, to be fair, the ref might have given a card out and it wasn't expecting a penalty from it. Um, but what happened, happened. Uh, you obviously can't change it, but uh, it, it wasn't a penalty for me. No. Yeah. Outside, it was just a sort of, of that, slight nudge. Outside mm. of that dive, that, um, Jack Clark had a superb game for Sunderland. He's yeah. Particularly when he Jones had to move across the right back, he just turned to absolute shreds. Mm. Yeah. The, the penalty, well, um, it was shoulder to shoulder with Jones, which in a, in a strength match he was never going to win. And that knocked him off balance. And he's already halfway mm. to the floor when Jones goes to put a hand on his back. He's obviously not pushed him because his hand only just touched his back. And he, he feels that contact and puts himself on the floor because any challenge from the back, even if you go shoulder into back, it's a foul. The ref's given it on that basis, which I just think is just soft in, in every sense of the word. It's just, it was a silly penalty that was a war. I mean, it, I, I mean, even I think if we were claiming that, it would it would have been kind of half-hearted at, at best. You know, and they've, they've got it. Whereas ours was a, a bit more stonewall. Maybe, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think I was going to say the ref maybe gave us it on the basis that he, he messed up on that one, but it was a clear penalty, so. He, you know, it was what a clear an, foul. Yeah. What an idiot that was just mm. Was it? I can't remember who it was, but whoever it was, what an idiot he was to make a challenge like that in the 98th minute. He's only a young man in the box. He's only 19, 18, mm. 19. 
Um, Slater's not really going anywhere, is he? But it gave us the opportunity, and there was like what ten seconds left, or you know, in the four. It was literally ended up being the actual last game. Yeah, so proper nerves from Ozan there. Of course, it's uh, that's only our third penalty of the season. Two fans scored both of his and Oscar missed against Sunderland. Again, so finally we scored a, pen- a penalty against Sunderland. So that's nice. Um, and I guess the Slater one, um, I mean, looking at the replays, it was definitely in, but we've had a few sort of uh, controversial, has the ball gone over the line or not against uh, teams last season? There's Greaves, your favourite moment of last season, Will, the uh, great block and then Longman. Yeah, I didn't go over the line, what you want about? Whereas well, no, exactly. to definitely did go over the line. Yes, the Longman assist against Birmingham, which also definitely didn't go over. Longman would never lose control of the ball like that. And uh, then, of course, went over to Honeyman. So, uh, you know, we, we seem to get a fair bit of luck like that. Although, of course, um, uh, or for this one, well, no, there's no goal line technology on the line. But I should probably see if I can introduce that. Can't be that difficult, right? We'd probably save a lot of... You don't of, need um, to because it wasn't trouble. over the line. No, it was a very good call from the the, uh, the uh, referee there because usually you usually get as well. Those, well, yeah, so they usually get those wrong. Um, I guess I mean, and you said the only thing we can really complain about Surrey is um, going forward. I think sometimes, I mean, like it's probably about nine times out of ten. Um, so he's only human, but um, he always wants to beat his man when he's in his own half. Um, and you know, dribble round them rather than just boot the ball out, and that's what led to the was it the the first goal we conceded. So I guess that was a, a mistake. So he does that at times, uh, but you know he's been so good again um, in the other um, you know departments and going forward in the ball that I think we can probably let him off. Um, yeah, does mean, anyone his, else? His, his role in the side is clear, isn't it? He he is the one that drops to the defenders and links the defense to the. The, the attack he's meant to drop deep uh, and then find somebody further up the pitch that's that's his role he's that deep line playmaker but like we say yeah but he's he's actually surprisingly strong and good i mean i, I know the few the, the problem like you say is is when he gets actually caught with the ball it, it it's obviously a very dangerous area that you has at times this season led to us conceding but he's actually really good at holding the ball i've there's been loads of times i mean more times than what we've conceded from I could yeah. probably find on a highlight of him where he's got two or three players on his back and his shoulder and he's managed to turn all of them and, and, and get up the pitch kind of thing. So it does work, but like you say, it's just that one. It, but it's the same as playing out from the back. Any any Every time a centre-back does a wrong pass or the goalkeeper, it's just, a, a, a I would say, occupational hazard of the system at the minute. But considering that we've seen what can happen in an attacking sense when this this kind of system is, is deployed correctly... It's worth the risk. And that's what Rosinia says in his interviews. It's going to have teething issues. This is the first season we're doing it. You know, this is players that are learning a new role, a new a new way of playing under him. And a lot of these players won't have done this system before. So it's going to be trial and error. And unfortunately, I mean, teams like Man City still do the odd bad pass from the back and concede from it. It is a part of the game. But if you can score more goals than you can see doing it, it's worth it, isn't it? It's just obviously we'll have to wait and see till next season when we've hopefully got a fully fit side to see the full potential of what we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, you said um, I should stop being negative. Uh, watching the game on the TV in the second half, I think we were we were quite poor second half, giving the ball away a lot of the times when perhaps we shouldn't have. So I'm not really sure whether 
because we did have a lot of chances and we played well at times. Um, and uh, with the four all, I guess the draw was probably about fair. But I think perhaps we didn't quite deserve to get anything because Sunderland had so many chances. But what about you three? Do you think um, I'm just being a bit pessimistic there? Yeah, I mean, Brent, I'll answer yeah, yeah. you said chances, though, like the, the amount of chance you have doesn't mean that you deserve to win a game, right? Hmm. Well, but isn't that the point of the football? Is to, you know, try and create chances to score goals? And Sunderland had a lot that they could have buried. I mean, Clark had that one on one just before that, they got the equaliser. That falls on them, though, for not taking those chances that they create. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, we create, we create it's different ways of looking at it. It's subjective, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the, the problem is, like, the, um, everyone will do it. Every football fan will do it. If you come out of a game and you've created 10 to 20 chances, uh, but the other team have defended really well and kept you out, you know, we'd be coming out of that saying, we created all these chances, we should have won. But the defending team will be saying, we deserve that point because we defended well. So it depends because... Mm-hmm. Everyone just focuses on attacking, even stats, you know, like everyone focuses mm-hmm. on goals and assists rather than what a football player is actually meant to be doing in his role. So you've got to defend well as as attacking. So really, if you're in an attacking sense, you've got to be looking at your conversion rate. How proficient are you when you're in the final third? That's got to be where you, you judge how well you're doing in an attacking sense, whereas also keeping the door shut. Like at the minute, we're doing really well defensively, maybe not Sunderland game excluded. Um, but in, a, in an offensive sense, we don't seem to be finding that uh, cutting edge often enough um, to be, you know, turning draws into wins, for example. But you know, we, we've come out of games where we've gone, we've deserved, we've deserved that point, but we've hardly created anything. So you know, it, it, it's got to be balanced, hasn't it? You've got to find that balance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if you've kept the team out, then you wouldn't be conceding so many chances. I think Sunderland could have finished it off, but but then we could have had a few. And I think you're right. If Slater scores that chance at one uh, nil before something going to score, we probably win the game, perhaps fairly comfortably in the end. Um, before we talk about the Millwall game, uh, um, we shouted out that uh, Lotatara had gone on loan to Stevenage on an emergency loan. He's played two games. He's got. Um, he's had two one-all draws. I don't really know how many saves he's made, but um, there's a lot of debate at the moment about who the goalkeeper should be. I think the main thing goalkeeper-wise to talk about on this episode is how good uh, Darlow was against Millwall. He was my man of the match for that game. But it shows that perhaps um, sooner rather than later, Tatala could at least be be sold for a good profit or um, be a good competitive um, player for Darlow or whoever we have next summer. So I don't really think any of you are going to have any comments about Tatala, but just how good was Carl Darlow against Millwall? Because he I mean, made an awful lot of saves. Straight away, the best save he did this entire weekend wasn't even against Millwall. Well, it true. That save, well, against against the bar quite late on. Yeah, that that was a very good one. But he's, he's showed a lot of good form recently. But, uh, I mean, he had to make a lot of saves against Millwall. How Millwall didn't score, I, I don't really know. Um, they haven't scored. I, I had said on Twitter before the game they hadn't scored in three games and got a lot of abuse saying that uh, you know I've jinxed it and then they didn't score again and you, you could see why so and I mean again same question about the Sunderland game did City deserve the three points yeah mm. because mm. I mean I, 
Millwall created chances, but the vast majority of their shots were from range, which means that we 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 kept them out for the most part, and that they, they resorted into trying to you know pot shot it in, um, and then the chances that they did have, Dalo was there to stop them, and that's his role in the team. That's what he's there to do. So um, I mean, you can see that there's only. I think there's only three players that have scored more than one goal in that Millwall side. And considering they're in the top six, that's you know it pretty much shows you that they're very reliant on two or three players. Uh, Fleming, obviously Bradshaw, and I think that that uh, winger whose name was bizarre and I can't remember, he's only scored three. So really, it's only Fleming and Bradshaw that have contributed in, in an offensive sense from them. You can see that. Um, you know, we I thought both Macker and Jones dealt with Bradshaw very well. I don't think he really threatened us. Majorly, I think most of the threat came from wide areas, um, and and even then, you know, we resorted them to shooting from tough angles or from range, and 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 you know, like we said, Dallow was there to stop them. So, I mean, we 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 looked decent, I think, for the first half of the first part of the first half and um, first quarter, if you want, um, and then obviously Millwall grew into it. Uh, we kind of you know fell back a bit more, and then in the second half, uh, we started well again, and then obviously. In traditional fashion, you know, we, we we sort of stepped it up a bit more, but Millwall then obviously threw the kitchen sink at us after Traoré's goal, and we dealt with it. So, but that's become a trademark of the side, hasn't it? So, you know, it's it's just typical City at the minute, defending well, Sunderland game excluded, um, and, and got the three points and another clean sheet. That's in and that's six clean sheets in seven at home, which is crazy like considering that. how how mm. far we were at home beforehand. So, mm. you know, very good foundation to build on next season, isn't it? If we continue this way. Yeah, it's about yeah. five out of six clean sheets at home, isn't it? I mean, not many goals, probably a similar amount of goals, but uh, yeah. Uh, Can't lose. I guess, uh, well, yeah, and um, I think probably, I mean, we had about 70%, 65% possession at one point. Or, you know, it was 76%, maybe 20 minutes into the um, first half against Mobile. Pretty sure we senior taught the players to go out there and, you know, after a full lot, a full draw, really make sure that we're controlling the game. And I think we did have that uh, two-fan chance headed over very early on um, from a well-worked set piece. But then, um, I, I guess, a bit. yeah, you probably should have. Well, it's your fault, isn't it? You should have scored that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not the best with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, we'll let you off. Um, but then, yeah, I think for the most of the uh, game, except perhaps. A, a good period. I mean, Longman actually made an impact coming off the bench and then Troy always scored a really good goal. Um, but there wasn't really a lot of quality going forward. So I'm still quite unconvinced how we won that game. But uh, Traore, he's he has been like a new signing. He's come in um, fully fit now. He's got a few, he's got an assist against um, Reading. Unlucky not to have one against Sunderland when Pelkas missed that one-on-one and a great goal. So Colvin, how, how impressed have you been with Troy's first few games in English football. Like you've said, it feels like a new signing. He's been worth the wait. Been out for some time and he's come back and he's really kind of put implement well, made a mark on this uh, team, got that goal against um against uh, Millwall and he played well when he could, when he was there. Um he's he's, he's like a, a spark and I feel like next season, if we can keep him fit, if no more injuries happen to him or if anything happens, if we can keep him through summer and that, then I feel like he'll be a good person to kind of like build a team around him and Seri. I feel like they could be very good players going for us in the future. Well, of course, we finally saw, or finally starting to see, uh, that midfield three of Tufan, Seri and Troy that we were promised in the summer. Yeah. 
And um, well, there's a second player we've said um, on this episode. It would be great if they have a, a fully fit season and um, mm. have a good pre-season um, with Tufan and Traore. We've had so many injuries and I think a few more um, for the Blackburn game and maybe Longman or Coyle perhaps. Um, but we don't really know who that's going to be. Yeah. Fitness has been such a big issue, but to see him come back in and uh, you know have the impact he's had. And it was a really good quality goal because it wasn't just a hit and hope. He, he picked out mm. a corner and um, placed it. So, um, Will, you said it was uh, the best goal. Would you talk us through it? I mean, talk through it. I don't know. It's just what people say, isn't it? Got the ball 25 yards out and killed it. In beautifully past George Long. Beautifully. Yeah. Of course, it was nice to get one over on that snake, George Long. I'm sure everyone yeah. absolutely loathes, loathes him, you know. Um <laughs> Not really. Uh, who cares? Um, I the fans booed Honeyman when he came off. I mean, I guess weird. that's what you do when Something. a former player plays. I mean, I mean, West, West, stadium clapped him. West yeah, I did. Clapped and I was just kind of like, why? Well, he pretty much almost single-handedly dragged us from. Well, not really, because we scored so many goals no, that no, year. But um, he he was one of the m- most important players we had in our first title-winning season in however many decades. So, um, and mm. you know, it was again. Our best player last year, along with perhaps Lewis Potter. So it was a bit harsh, but he didn't really do much. Um, it's because he has so, an injury. As Gary Rowett said uh, in the post match uh, press conference that I was in, uh, he said he picked up, uh, he, he pulled his, he did something to his hamstring early in the first half. So that's why he came off quite early. Uh, mm. Yeah. But, um, and then the uh, there was an odd moment at the very end where the linesman put his flag up. And, oh, yeah. uh, well, I rate that the, uh, the referee didn't um, do anything, but I, I looked back at it and it seemed as if it came off Jones. So um, I think the linesman saw that the Millwall striker was offside, but the referee ignored it because it wouldn't, have, you know, it came off Jones, so he wasn't. I think offside, it's, awesome. so, uh, it's not seen that. That's often, debunked. But the ref is t- is is the the guy in charge. He can overrule whatever the linesman said. Mm. So I, I just think it's, it just seemed odd because it it, it obviously happens so rarely. Because the referee will not be looking down the line, and therefore will trust his linesman. But he's obviously mm. seen something or not noticed his linesman, which is just ineptitude. So you'd hope it's the it's the former where he's pretty sure it was seen yeah. something to overrule it. Because you know, like refs this season haven't been brilliant. I mean, uh, you know, we've we've. I mean, every team will say the same thing. Where well, the officials, are standard of officiating at the minute, is just very poor, isn't it? So, poo. Well, is yeah. a nice word. Yeah. Radio um, but uh, I think City defended pretty well um, late on. I mean, Dara did have to make a few good saves, but McLaughlin and Jones, they've just been absolutely superb recently. And um, it's just mm. a shame that that wasn't the pairing from the very beginning of the season. Uh, Greaves was one of the three players hooked at half time, along with Pelkas and Ebby Way. And even though it wasn't necessarily just, just directed at those three players, Rossini um, was quite livid in the interview afterwards, saying that. Mm. The uh, quality of the performance in the first half um, will not be, you know, that, that's not the standard that we should play to. Yeah. Um, and um, Thomas Butler's asked, which players do you think will be moved on in the summer? It is almost that time of the season where you're looking at who's had a good season, who's who hasn't. And there's only is it five games left now, so very limited chance for players to sort of get in, you know, back into form and perhaps show themselves that they deserve to be here. So... Um, I think those two, um, Pelkas and Ebiway, they're both on loan. Not really sure either of them are going to be here 
Um, and even if Palkis does really well, his wages are probably too high. So, uh, Corbin, um, what, what did you make of those comments from Rossinho after the game? Um, well, I was in the car with my uncles um, on the way back listening to it. Um, I was just kind of like, he's probably like trying to not name a few players, but like trying to give them a hint that the performance that they were doing wasn't very good. Um, I personally think Iboe, um, whatever you're saying, um, he's he's not Malcolm. been as yeah Malcolm hasn't been as good as uh, the Derby fans hyped him up to be. Um, I've not really been impressed with him, if I'm being honest. Um, and I won't be surprised if he gets um, moved back to Crystal Palace uh, come summer. Um, I don't. Um, Pelcast is I'm a bit fifty fifty with half of me saying oh he hasn't had much time to show what he's got, but half of me saying well if, if he hasn't shown what he's got already, then why should we have him here? Um, but um, Greg Doherty as well. Um, I feel like he's going to get used on. If I'm being honest, um, he hasn't played much this season. He's kind of been used as an impact sub. Uh, many of the uh, midfielders' options, Greg Doherty, Ryan Woods. I feel like those two are probably going to get moved on. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, I mean, I think um, everywhere he's not been, uh, I mean, he's not awful and he's clearly got a lot of talent, but um, it's almost a little bit like Wilkes where it's the commitment issue. Um, yeah. That's perhaps the thing we don't see him just he's shown, diving he's shown, into tackles. He's, he's shown he's got that skill, he's got that flair, but it's not consistent. He's not, he's, sometimes it looks like he's walking down the pitch at times, so it does question his commitment and his um, desire to uh get into games and that. Mm. I do yeah, think I mean, that if he's, if he had a good, I think regardless, good season or bad season, he wasn't going to be staying here because I think Palace don't want to lose him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, perhaps yeah, we could I, have got I, him I on loan again. to come back on loan again next season. That's it, it, I don't I, think we'd sign him, Mr. Point. No, no. I don't think Palace want to sell him. Mm. No, they've only just signed him in summer. Yeah. They won't sell him. Not a youngster like that. They've obviously signed in with a vision for the future, haven't they? I mean, for me, those comments from Rosinha is exactly what you want to hear as a fan. He's waited until yeah. we're pretty much past the 50-point mark to start questioning some players' you know, commitment to the, the system, the cause, the well, team, whatever. Yeah, so, you, you know, if, 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 if they've played nowhere near his standards in the first half and he's I mean I don't know I don't know if Greaves and Pelcast were in there I think it was every way he was aiming at I think it was yeah. mainly focused I think it was mainly focused on Malcolm and Pelcast partly I don't think it's to do with Greaves I think he wanted to I do a think, tactical change with Greaves yeah Greaves Greaves was struggling um, to cope with Millwall's threat out, that, out wide and I think that was more of a tactical change to put a bit more balance in the squad mm. um, but 
you know, like I think I think it was Rich Walker on Twitter said, it, he's he's now showing that he has set a precedent and the, the players have got to meet it. That's what you want. Rosini is showing he's the man in charge and that he's not going to accept anything less than what he, you know, wants to see. So when it comes next season, you know, we're going to have players there that he's 100% certain are going to do exactly what he asked them to do. Therefore, you would assume, going to play better. Reach higher yeah. positions. It was, it was definitely his best press conference that I've been in, easily. Because he was able to speak about more openly about his thoughts on the team. Yeah. Well, I mean, for such a young manager and uh, inexperienced, because this is his first full-time job, he comes across so confident at that he knows exactly what he wants. Um, and although he's still learning, it's, it's very exciting to see what we could achieve with a fully fit squad if we can possibly get that um, next season and a few more uh, signings. I mean, I guess, I mean, this is looking far too much into it, but it's a tiny little bit boring that Ebiway's come in uh, as Vecina's top attacking target, which he said, and he's not, he's clearly not really, you know, ready. Um, I mean, but then again, Connolly and Darlow um, have been. Uh, players that Rossini wanted and they've turned out quite well. So two out of three hit rates, pretty damn good. Um, so I suppose that's a positive. Um, I think all I that really means think... is that he knows what Ebuwe is capable of and that he's just not yeah. he's not pushed himself to show it. Yeah, that's what there's, it a, is. there's an obvious ability there that Rossini knows he could fit the system. If you're signing players like Aaron Connolly and Kyle Darlow, but Ebuwe was your top target... What does that say? That means that he is—he had so much faith in him to come here and make a real change. And like I said, we, we played that video from Justin Peach, who, who, who raved about him, said he could be an absolute game changer. And we've not seen it. I mean, for three or four games, uh, like the Burnley game all around Burnley that, game he was played the really well. Yeah, he played really well. And But it's it's you've got to be able to apply himself every game and and want to push himself and better himself and to fit into the system and he's obviously not doing that and Rosinia will be well obviously is living it. about it yeah so you know it's 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 all it's on everywhere if he wants to stay here now he's got x amount of games if he even plays now to try and prove that he's he's, he's worth it i mean of course really it's a, a fantastic season if you can stay fit this year because of the injuries and lots of players have had an opportunity that they wouldn't have got otherwise to stay in the team and it's just a shame that a fair few of them haven't been able to do that this season. Um, and then, of course, they've been injured themselves. Uh, so I think we've got a few more injuries for Blackburn. Just, I mean, you know, if we did play the the injury drinking game on one of these podcasts, um, it would be, you know, quite a sight. Um, yeah. So uh, we don't know who's been injured. Um, but unfortunately, the main thing is Connolly and Oscar um, are not going to be back. And I yeah. think Christie's out for the season still, isn't he? Tetter's um, out for the season as well. Tete is, yeah. So, um, and then Longman he had a dead leg and he had a train today. I, I mean, hopefully he will be. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, when, when the academy players and the sort of wingers turn strikers are getting injured, it does make it a, a very difficult. And starting two fan up front didn't really work a huge amount um, as it did well, against Sunderland. As I suggested last week, just if it, if push comes to shove, play Matt Ingram in the Alan Fettis role of goalkeeper okay. ten striker. Yeah, just lump it. Just get the tallest player in there. Yeah, well, Figueredo's pl- had a um, time at right wing this season. You could stick him up front, right? Um, against no. Bristol all that time ago. As long as he's nowhere near right. yeah. I would probably trust him up front in comparison to in the other back. Maybe trying. Um, you're so good at setting goals up. 
maybe try and push Rosinho <laughs> the team. Maybe try and push Rosinho onto the pitch. See what if he can uh, yeah, roll back. Yeah, out of retirement. Yeah. I suppose that's that's one method. Um, so Blackburn, they're in poor form, but they're in the playoffs. Um, perhaps a little bit similar to the um, time we played them last year at the Shambles Derby. Um, mm. Very exciting on Sky Sports. So, um, h- how do how does City, um, you know, get something from Blackburn? Uh, do we go gung ho almost like the Sunderland game, or is it sort of a, um, you know, I suppose Vasini wants us to play the same way we do always. So, um, and how do you see this game at Ewood Park going? We never do well at Ewood Park. This is one of those grounds yeah. where we just never get anything from. So I'm not I'm not wholly optimistic, but. Blackburn are a very bipolar side. They're such a bizarre team this season. I mean, they're in the playoffs, but they've lost more games than we have, um, which, you know, which is weird. But obviously, they've won more games. But they're they're, they're very they commit loads of men forwards, but then like when they get one or two ahead, they they, they stick like six or seven at the back, and you, you then try not just to shut you out for the rest of the game. But they started very poorly against Huddersfield. And then turned the pressure on in the second half and brought it back to two-two. I watched that game. They, 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 they've got players in there that can hurt you. I think uh, obviously you've got Brereton Diaz, you've got Dak. Um, it, it's kind of written in the stars for him to score against us into after the whole shambles thing. Mm. Um, you've got him ranking Costello was very good against Huddersfield. They've, they've, mm. They're in the playoffs for a reason, but so were Millwall. So you know we the two of the four te- two of the five teams we've lost two under Rosinia were the top two. Um, yeah. So you know. We're mixing it against these sides, and you know we're the kind of team that someone like Blackburn wouldn't want to be playing at this point of the season because we don't have anything to play for. So therefore, we've got no pressure. Whereas all the pressure's on them, um, so we've got to try and capitalise on that. And I think the the new current system without the strikers, how fluid we've been playing, and how two fans kind of you know really made a stake for him to be a false nine in a, in a permanent fashion. If he can continue his reign of form against Blackburn. Um, you know, it, it really be giving Rosini a headache as to what he does with him next season and what his role is. Um, but I, I just think that for me, Traore is going to go back into the starting eleven and just play with freedom again. Just go there and just play your game. Try and get, you know, the midfielders on the ball. Try and get Seri on the ball. Try and get him behind him. If we can go one or two goals ahead, um, you know, we, we 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 tend to not concede. So you, you think we'd see it out? But um, the interesting stat I saw was we're actually. We scored 16 goals. Is I think it is in the last 15 minutes of the game. So we tend to be a team that saves it till late. Um, so hopefully, if we're, we're making the top like that, 10, top 10 teams in the top five leagues in Europe and the championship, third. goals and third in Europe. Third, yeah, third that's Europe. great. What? That's Third's in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, well, probably just teams that score a lot of goals, which we haven't really done. But I guess we've done a lot. And of course, Oscar had his run of scoring in every single 77th minute. Um, Corbin, do you think it's going to go more like the Friday game or the Monday game, a, a goal frenzy or a tight, a tight game? I feel like if we play like we did against Sunderland, then it will be another goal frenzy, I reckon. Um, but if we if we play like we if we play like we did against Millwall, Blackburn could easily finish us off like Millwall couldn't do. So mm-hmm. if we have to, we have to be ready for whatever Blackburn throw at us, whatever Blackburn have have in store, have prepared. Um, I, I'd be happy with a draw. To be fair, we've we've got nothing much to play for really, so results don't really matter come this time of the season, um, unless we go on like a, a 
outstanding, like lose every single game and then all the bottom three win all of theirs and we end up in relegation. I don't think there's really much, there's nothing really much to uh, anticipate. Obviously, you'll win, I'm happy with a win, three points, but yeah. yeah. I suppose the uh, we've beaten the points tally of last season. I guess the next yeah. sort of target is 60 points. Um, which is sort of mid-table. I guess we could aim for that. Three wins out of five would be nice. Um, uh, so, Will, you're usually predicting 3-0. Um, uh, Thomas Butler says it's going to be a draw. Uh, do you think Thomas could be right, or is it definitely going to be 3-0, as always? I mean, I'll happily take a draw at the moment. Like, as has already been said, I think Rossini will play... They'll go into it like the Sunderland games. You play the way that I want you to play, and the results will come, and they will. And it was on that. It was on its way in that game, and until we shot ourselves in the foot, um, so I think it'll be nothing different on that front. But I think it'll be closer to the Millwall game in score wise than it was to the Sunderland game. I'll take a draw, but I'm still going to predict three nil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's been pointed out that um, one way of perhaps looking at uh, whether any of the academy players are going to be in the lineup, and again, Shep's commented it that. Um, the uh, under-21s are playing tomorrow, so maybe people right. like Harry Vaughan could be on the bench again. And speaking of lineups, it's time for the most oh, exciting gosh. part of the podcast. Oh, wow. It's the combined lineup between Blackburn and Hull City. So Why two for, front? Uh, well, yeah. well, I'll explain. I will explain everything. So Carl Darlow's in goal because he's good. Okay. Pickering and oh, yeah. Franken Constello are the Blackburn fullbacks, and they're on the team. McLaughlin and Jones have just been so good. Got a clean sheet against a team in the playoffs, so they're in. Seri's the first name on the team sheet every time. Traore scored. Hedges scored against Huddersfield, as did Brereton Diaz, who's um, very good. And then Gallagher is up front, because I think, even though two fans scored two against uh, Sunderland, because he isn't actually a striker, I think you've got to default to the only fit striker on either team. No, you do and, Oh, I, I do that. And Gallagher, he's all right. He got seven last year. Well, he's got as many last goals year. as two fans this season. Wow. He's got, um, yeah, he's got uh same amount of goals and he's an actual striker. And Blackburn you know, are... You know, Nathaniel, putting more of the opponent's players than our players in it is never great content for the, a whole City podcast. Yeah. No, but it is. It's accurate, exactly. So... Yeah, I mean, probably putting Jones and I'm McLaughlin amazed, in is just quite by default. I'm amazed, quite frankly, you managed to pull Longman out for that striker spot. Yeah. Only because he's possible. Well, Gallagher's got oh, more goals. He... That's true, Longman is possibly he just so well. Yeah. He usually stops me. I would expect you to say, oh, he came on the pitch and he set up a goal for Adama Traore and he made a massive impact, so that's why I put him in there. Like... Well, he didn't set the goal up. I don't know. I mean, I did. Ball, but, yeah. Longman was he one of the only players that wasn't involved. It is what he did well, yeah. out that he came on and played well. I was going to say, yeah. I was just going to say that. To be fair, he actually had a good game when he came on. Yeah. He almost scored a worldie dribbling from the halfway line, almost put it I... top corner, beating one black, uh, Millwall defender in the process. The one um, thing you can praise Longman for is effort. It will always give 110%. Sometimes his quality yeah. lacks. Solid. Sometimes it shows. Points that goal against Everton last season. That was a beauty. Um, going into the top corner, but he, I know I know he's got something in him. My only uh, criticism of him would be he probably should have scored his chance against Milan. Oh, yeah. 
Kellen. The, the, the angle's against him, to be fair. When you're in the box, you should be scoring for me. Two fans should have scored. <laughs> it isn't long and slander. You're in those positions that should be in the back of the net. There's been, been, a, real chance. There's been, there's been a lot of chances two fans should have scored. That one against Rotherham comes to mind where he just clad straight against the crossbar. Yeah, well said, Cookman. Well said. But Gallagher, he never misses any chances. So um, he's had seven <laughs> shots, seven goals. That's why he's in the team. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's time for our official match predictions. Um, we'll obviously just 3-0 again. So, Corbin, Blackburn Rovers oh, yeah. against Hull City, the Shambles Derby on Sky Sports. What's your prediction? We never do well at Ewood Park. Blackburn are good there. Um, they're a good team. So, a dual win. Um, draw, well, I think I'll, I'll go for a one-all draw. But Blackburn to score one first. Yeah, okay. And then Longman equaliser, okay. And what about you? Uh, I'm actually going to go for a 1-0 a, a win. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, and, I, and, and my logic is based on, I think there will be a reaction to that Millwall game. I do think that Rosinia will be demanding far more. If, if those comments are anything to go by, players will now realise where they stand and what they've got to do if they want to be part of this team next season. So... Uh, and Blackburn are very indifferent at the minute. Uh, the first half against Huddersfield, they were dire. Oh, um, they were bad. So, you know, you, you've, you've got to look at that and think if they have a bad 45 minutes against us, then we're at least coming out with it with a point, you would think. Mm. Um, but I, I think we've got enough in us to hold them off. And I think we'll get a, a nice 1-0 win. And I'm thinking um, a two-fun goal. Continues. Yeah. Of course you are. in good form at the moment. Not biased. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think um, it's probably going to be a little bit more like the Millwall game. Rossini is not going to want it to be open again. And um, I'll predict a draw. I think we could probably scrape a draw. Um, Blackburn are a good, se- uh, good team. I think I'll have some chances. But uh, because because we've been you know treated so lovelyly, uh, so well with the uh, four-all draw, I'm going to go uh, boring nil-nil, um, which is the default score that we have. Um, something really major has to happen. Have you predicted that now? Uh, well, twice, I think. Well, I predicted six-one against Sunderland. So, um, and then I was short by a goal. You said six-nil, but you said six-one, but nil-nil. Yeah, but officially it was six-one. Unofficially, it was nil-nil. No, it was the other way around. It was the other way around. No, no. Don't even try this. No, 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 no. You can go back and listen to it. Um, if you really we're, actually, to. we're four and beaten as well, so we can carry a bit of form into it. Instead yeah. of looking at what it as one thing? win, however many, two wins in, in 11 or something, it's four and beaten. There you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a silly thing, because if you draw three games in a row, you're rubbish. You know, you need to win. But then if you win yeah. the next one, four and beaten and a win. When we was at 4 3 against Sunderland, I saw people saying one win in 10, they're shy, receive your own. What? Explicit Claxon, 48 minutes in, Will. Oh, I keep track, don't you worry. Don't you fucking worry. Yeah, so I think it's probably going to be 0 0, another Darlow clean sheet, perhaps. Um, and. <clears throat> We've had so many clean sheets this season. Um, <clears throat> it does feel sometimes like that's the priority um, for this team. Sorry for the coughing there. Are you all right there? 
I'm okay. I'm just getting emotional over how good Dana's performance was on Monday. He made so many saves. Um, so he's definitely my man of the match. Um, but I, th I think if we're going to score maybe Traore, we'll get another worldie, you know, place it in the bottom corner again. That'd be really nice. Um, I must say, when he, he hit, uh, hit the shot against Millwall, I, I thought, oh, don't give the ball away, just pass it to the side. But then he scored and proved me wrong. So I think he's getting ball. better as well, Traore. Mm. I think every time I watch him play, he just seems to be... He clearly loves it here, which is weird. I mean, we keep saying he's like a new signing. He is a new signing. He only made it Oh, yeah. He is a new signing. We signed him in summer, yes, but he, he only has made his debut against Bristol City. So, it's... He's like Rosinia said. He's he's enjoying his football, and we play a way that gets the best out of him. So we clearly just say to him, "Look, go out on the pitch and do your thing." And he he absolutely loves it. Like when he pointed to the fans, didn't he? When he scored, he's already taken to us, which is a a good sign. So next season, um, hopefully again, as we keep saying, full pre-season and working with some some more of the system and some more players, he'll be a top player for us. And I think he'll be one of those wild cards that a lot of the team will be looking at and thinking, "Do you know what?" He's some player. Rossini has said yeah. in the post interview, he's going to be a big part of his plan next season. Yeah, he's re he was he was surprised how good he was when he came in. I'll admit, I'm yeah, surprised. I think we all are. None oh, of us yeah, even really totally. knew what kind of midfielder he was, did we? And um, you know what position he plays. We all we all knew he was. And he's not played in a year as well. Yeah. And that he's going to be Wasn't he like the? Ten. Wasn't he like the top scorer in, um, was it under 17's World Cup or something? So, something like that, he was a top scorer in. Or... Yeah. Oh, oh, don't, don't quote me on that. Someone we signed was, wasn't it? So maybe it was yeah. him. Or was it, it was. Aliar? Maybe it was, maybe maybe it was, it was right. Right. Aliar was the He's youngest a bit... goal scorer for around 1 8 at 17 or something. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of weird how um, he was the first signing we made. Um, but then the last one uh, to be announced because initially there was it was probably this time last year there were rumours we were going to sign him, and so it's taken an entire year from the rumour to you know his first goal. Um, but yeah, there hasn't really been that period. We've sort of used it to almost as an excuse for some players, perhaps um, that you know they're not fully fit and that's why the performances haven't been good. But yeah. now he's come in, you know, maybe the first few games um, were a little bit slow, but really starting to get into it and that first goal uh, you know coming over to England I know is that's a big thing for a lot of players that's their dream because of the Premier League and that sort of thing so seeing um, you know that goal up close in the West End was lovely to see it's frustrating uh, as well Tete's goal. if we still um, had Connolly fit oh. and Tete or Oscar we'd be with pushing Sheffield United I think know. just Connolly. I think he's the most important yeah. of the three, personally. Yeah, we've, I think out of all of them, we've, we've missed Connolly the most. I think, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't a coincidence that our form, our playoff charge stopped when we lost Connolly. So um, I'm hoping he comes here permanently in summer. He will. Which is something I didn't think I'd say when we first signed him. He will. Yeah. And I've just, I've just yeah. checked, he won the, he won the um, Adama Traore won the Golden Ball at the uh, 2015 Under World Cups. Uh, Under 20 World Good Cups. knowledge, Corbin. Yeah. Good knowledge. Yeah. That's, just, that's the sort of knowledge we were expecting from you, and you've had a very good debut. So thanks very much for coming on. Um, is there anything else we need to cover? I don't think so. Just uh, um, looking forward to another great week. A, I'd like to give a mention to Billy Chadwick. He's been um, on fire. Yes, it was. Yeah. A hat trick in his last game, was it? Um, hmm. 
he's, he's been balling out there. I reckon um, he's going to be one for the future for us going forward. Yeah, yeah that would certainly be a nice thing. Mm. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I were you going to say something else? Um, Sky Sports are a bunch of imbeciles because why the hell have they put a game on at Saturday 7.45? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, Who is going back? What neutral would think on a Saturday night, oh, I'm going to watch Blackburn versus all? Seriously. That's... Yeah. I mean, I'll be watching, but I'm not a neutral. Yeah, but you're not a neutral. So, yeah. Pretty rubbish, isn't it? Pretty rubbish. Uh, We've got that yeah, trip to middle as well. Sort of mm. so. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only uh, comment I've got written down is Borough, also tough. Um, Akpom and Force will definitely score, so I'm not really they sure we're going to get anything out of that. Because they were going to... They look like they were going to want to take Sheffield United and they've stumbled. Yeah, yeah. big shout out to Luton, who are now the ones <laughs> I was told off an awful lot by a lot of people for predicting Luton were going to get sixth this season, and it looks like they might even get to third. So I thought they'd fall know, off. I'm pretty clever. I, I, I honestly thought that it, it would be a similar thing to not to the same extent as Barnsley because he had better players, but with, oh, when Barnsley so. finished in the playoffs and then had a crap season following, I thought they'd do the same, but. They're obviously, I mean, especially after losing Nathan Jones, I thought that they, they wouldn't really re- recapture the kind of form that Get they had. The squad together. And he elevated his career massively. Yeah, yeah. and he's obviously yes. doing really well. Um, but then they took their rival, their biggest rivals manager, and now he's above them. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're having a very good season, all, all, all things considered, aren't they? So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. secretly rooting for them to win the playoffs if, if they're finishing it. I'd love to see Kenilworth Road as a Premier League stadium as well. That'd well be Sky cool. would hate that. Yeah. Bad. Although yeah. um, they are charging thirty quid, charging us thirty pound for tickets. Yeah, oh, that's great. That's beautiful. Cheers. Rip. So, boom, oh. Lewin for that one. Yeah, thanks, Lewin. Yeah. Well, if there isn't anything else to mention, again, Corbin, very good coming on. Thanks for that. Thank you very much. And Will and Ant, you've been wonderful as always. So thanks again for everyone to listening and commenting and we'll be back next week hopefully with an equally entertaining uh, two games uh, against um, some tough opposition again I mean we're saying that all the time we still have the toughest uh, running of any team so I we guess that doesn't really help third excellent yes every game every, every game team can beat yeah. Yeah, yeah but whatever I sounded <laughs> professional and cool with that fact and now I've been <laughs> You know, criticised by two of you. So. It was correct oh, about three games ago. Yeah. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Bob. And on that bombshell, goodbye. Bye, Will. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.